Unfortunately or fortunately, I am so goal-oriented. Once I set my mind on a goal, it's very hard to let go. Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Franchise You. And with me today, I have Ruth Agbaji. And Ruth is a pretty incredible, inspirational person. So first of all, I love your official title. Ruth, it's CEO and Nerd-in-Chief at CodeWiz Franchising. And you have such an incredible journey to share with us. So when I was reading about you, I saw that you grew up in Nigeria and in in an area that was quite perilous. And so you were trying to figure out what you could do to positively impact your life at a young age. Mm -hmm. And you taught yourself to code, of all things, to code. But what really was interesting to me is that even though you didn't have the resources, you found a mentor through a blog. Mm -hmm. So would you tell us about that early start? Yeah, I, you know, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Very excited. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I knew that I needed to get out and I knew that I needed to really work on my coding skills. And, you know, people around me were not willing to help. And I've always been a firm believer in throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. You know, the worst that will happen is that people will not respond to you. Yes. Right. Or they'll say no, which is totally fine. We just say next and we try again. That was my mentality. And so I reached out to him, really not expecting too much. And um, I thought he would give me like a one line answer and that would be it. But he was really willing to um, spend time and mentor me over email, which was it was pretty incredible. And, you know, I, I just love that because what you said is true of so many people in franchising. You just have to ask, right? And what's the worst that can happen? Then I love your statement. Next. Next. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's great. So, Ruth, you are really a, a programmer at heart. You earned a master's degree in computer science from Tufts University when you came uh, to the U.S. from Nigeria, I think, about 10 years ago. Yeah, over 10 years now. I came in 2010. Oh, it is that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And your undergraduate is in engineering. So really you're a STEM student. That's your background. And so you worked at a couple of corporations, great corporations, Microsoft and Kronos. So you were well prepared to start CodeWiz. Um, you've also had a couple of honors I want to mention because I know you won't talk about this yourself. <laughs> but in 2019, you were an IFA Next Gen winner. You have been the SBA's Woman Small Business of the Year for the state of Massachusetts in 2020. And you've recently been named one of the top 10 emerging leaders in franchising by Global Franchise. That is pretty incredible. And I wanted to get that out there because, as I said, I know you wouldn't. <laughs> but um, your vision is really to have a center where kids of all abilities and socioeconomic backgrounds could come and learn about problem solving through coding and pour their imagination into personalized projects. So how did you get a passion for this industry to help others learn what you learned? Honestly, it really comes back to the gentleman in India. His name is Sarab Nandu. It comes back to the impact that he made on my life. And so when, when I decided that I wanted to leave corporate America and I wanted to do start a business, 
I, you know, CodeWiz is not my first business. It's not my first foray into business. It's my first very successful business. Um, And so I sat down to think about what I really wanted to do. And I thought about where I was and how I would not be where I was if it wasn't for Saurabh, the my mentor in India who had given me the time of day. And that's something that I wanted to pay forward. And I know that there's, I mean, there are many ways of impacting the world, but one of the surest ways of impacting the world is working with kids. And so I was like, okay, well, and I love coding. Like you said, I'm a STEM kid at heart. And so I'm like, yeah, we're going to do coding for kids. This is awesome. Did you, are you still in contact with your mentor? Funny enough, and I really need to fix this. I have never spoken to him over the phone. Oh my I, gosh. Yeah, it's crazy. I need to fix that. We're connected on LinkedIn. We message back and forth. He sees all that's happening. And I'm just like, can you imagine if you hadn't done this for me, uh, where, how I wouldn't be where I am today. So he gets to see all of that. But yeah, I think one day it's worth even traveling all the way to India just to, to visit him and to say thank you. I think that has to be on your list for yeah. sure. I love that that's where your inspiration came from is that you recognize one person helping kids learn how to code and unlocking all that potential in them can turn into something like your success, which is pretty incredible. So when it comes to CodeWiz, can you tell us exactly what it is? Sure. Um, So CodeWiz is an after-school program for for kids ages 7 through 17. We run um, classes all year round um, in the evenings and on the weekends. And then we run camps during uh, vacation time. So summer is prime summer camp period. So there's a lot of running around right now. Yes. Um, and so that's, that's what we offer to the kids. We offer a variety of programming languages um, from beginner level scratch to advanced level languages like Unity. They're making their own virtual reality games in Unity. One of our kids is going to be part of the metaverse creation one day. And then we do a lot of robotics as well. So we try to personalize um, our offerings to kids so that no one ever feels like they have to be a whiz at math to be successful at coding. And that's that's really where my title came from. Um, I call myself nerd in chief because I'm really not the stereotypical nerd. Here I am, you know, owning and running a coding for kids business. And so I always say, if I can do it, anybody can do it. That's really excellent. And I know um, your website talks about join the child's education franchise that is transforming kids' lives. And I think that's what you mean. You're unlocking their potential to really help them understand how far they can go. Yeah, yeah. It's the stories that we hear from parents and from the kids themselves is just it's just amazing. You know, somebody would, we had one child who was on an IEP and she was, so she was struggling with math. And so she went to for an evaluation and the evaluator asked her to do some work with XY coordinates. And she's like, oh my gosh, I just did this in my coding class because I was taking my cat from the left to the right and I had to learn X, Y coordinates. So I got this and she was able to you know, do it well. And that all came from what she had learned in, in the coding class. So it's, it's just amazing. And that's, that's an example of taking it, quote unquote, out of context. So she's, she wasn't coding, she was doing math. But the coding um, she had learned helped her with that. So there's so many stories um, like that of how our classes have helped kids. 
Um, a big one too is the social side of it, the social aspect of it. Um, you know, a lot of the kids that tend to come to our programs are kids who don't particularly enjoy sports. Um, you know, they may not have a ton of friends. They're they're very much like my little boy who they just pick one topic and they they know everything about the topic and they feel like everybody else should know everything about that topic. <laughs> yes. So go on and on and on and on. And so, you know, they come to Kobe's and they find people that are similar to them and they now they start to form a tribe and friendships and whatnot. It's just it's really special. Yeah, and it gives them a sense of teamwork that if yeah. they're not athletic, they can still grab onto that. That is really, really important. So one of the statements that you made is that your goal, and I I love this goal, is that you said, I just know the next Steve Jobs will come from Code Whiz. So that's a wonderful aspirational goal. How does that motivate your team? You know, I think that it's, I don't know that I've done a very good job of using that to really get the team energized and engaged. Um, I, I think I could do a better job. But for those who have really latched on to that vision, it's it's very exciting because they're like, all right, well, if I'm not the one going to be Steve Jobs, at least I would have had a hand in molding someone um, who's going to be that next generational star, tech star. So it is very exciting just to think about. And we started to see it happen. You know, like we have one uh, particular student. He was a student before. He took a few years of classes with us. Uh, completely obsessed with rocket science. Just completely obsessed. Every conversation is about rocket science. And now he's come back and now he's coaching kids. Right. Oh now he's a staff member. So he's still in the ecosystem. He's still in the CodeWiz world. I'm like, oh. Ari, my eyes on you. Maybe you're the one. <laughs> ah, that's great. That is great. It is a great, great goal. Um, so a couple more pieces about Code Wiz, and we'll move on to your franchising. But you wrote a piece on the nine reasons why coding is important. And I really loved the fact that you said coding teaches creativity. Because I think being creative is, is an incredible business skill, no matter what you do. So can you talk a little bit more about that one? Sure. Coding is very much like learning to play an instrument, right? You know, you learn the basic uh, chords and then you can mix and match those chords whichever which way you like. And it's such a powerful tool that way. And because it's also very visual, it allows the kids to try different things and immediately see the impact of what they're trying on their screen. So you know, it's very easy for us to come up with challenges. So for example, I'll give you a good example, the camp that we're running this week, mm-hmm. the first day we just taught them the basics. Um, it's a robotics camp. So here's how you move the robot. Here's how the robot turns left or right. Here's how to use the sensors to detect colors. Now here's a challenge. I want you to create a code to design and code a robot that goes around all these obstacles and comes back to this point in two minutes. Have at it. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so now the kids, all their creative juices are flowing. Okay, we could go left, we could go right. Oh wait, we knock out the competitor's robot. They think they're playing. Like it feels like all fun and games, but we're really tapping into their creative juices because now it's not, we're not telling them what to do. We just give them a goal and we're saying, how would you approach this? And so now they start to learn, okay, here's what I know and here's how I can apply it. And there's all of that is all creativity um, building. 
which that is a skill literally that will help you no matter what career you undertake. Being creative and being able to solve problems that way is absolutely huge. So let's move a little bit to the franchising side. Why did you decide to franchise CodeWiz? So my big goal at first was to have five corporate locations, you know, coming from um, the background that I did, it was, it was a huge deal to me to even have one. And so to have five, I felt like, okay, you know, I would feel like I'm super accomplished that I've really done what I set out to do. Um, I would make my parents proud. Nigerians always want to make their parents proud. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a huge cultural thing. And so when I, when I started CodeWiz, three months into starting the business, my son was diagnosed to be um, on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So he's on the high end of the spectrum, hence why we pick one topic and we talk about it forever. Gotcha. <laughs> so he, he was at that point, you know, it was, it was a situation of we need to focus on him so that he can have as much of a normal life as possible uh, with autism cases, it's really critical to catch it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So we knew, I knew that I had to put in a lot of work in the beginning. And here I was, I just signed a five-year lease. Uh, we just started the business and I had to decide what I was going to focus on. And so I decided that I was going to focus on both and I was going to figure out a way <laughs> to make it work. <laughs> So, um, so I went down the route of hiring a center director. So our model has always been semi-absentee from the beginning because of my um, situation with my little boy. Mm-hmm. So going down that route, I had a manager and, you know, trained the manager to run the business and she was doing really well. And then, you know, I started to think, well, with this new diagnosis, I don't know that I would be able to do five. Mm-hmm. Um to be honest, at that point, I didn't quite understand how, you know, people could have like regional managers, managing managers. I, I didn't have that breadth of knowledge. And so to me, the, the next thing was to find alternative ways of expanding. Mm-hmm. Now, I had looked into franchising before I started CodeWiz. So I was like, OK, you know, everybody always keeps coming in and asking us if we're a franchise. Um, you know, I've hired a manager and I've trained that manager and she's running the business without me. So, you know, yeah, why don't we franchise this? Because unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you look at it, I am so goal oriented. Once I set my mind on a goal, it's very hard to let go. (laughs) That's a good thing. (laughs) Sometimes my husband doesn't think it's always such a great thing it's like I set my hat, my sights on that house, and now we have to do everything don't we can. That. <laughs> yeah. The first rule: don't love the house, or don't act like you love the house when you're trying. Exactly. To- yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, franchising was just the next um, logical step for me, and I was like, you know, there's got to be other people like me who want to make an impact on kids, yeah. want to have the dream of having their own businesses who want to, you know, be their own bosses, even if they're keeping their jobs or having a life going on around them. You know, it was also important to me, and you will see this in a lot of the franchisees that are coming in, that we empower the underdog. You tend to hear people say, we want people who have business experience, sales experience, but that would have disqualified me if I was looking at a franchise, because I had none of that, you know, I had tried random things here and there, but I was not 
like a salesperson or a true business person. And so as we do our FD, the way we've been doing it and we continue to do it is who are these people that just have untapped talent that just have the DNA of a franchisee and just want to go at it? And what can we do to help them be, uh, be successful? When I noticed what you put on your website about what you're looking for in new franchisees, you talked about your very first one is grit and moxie. It's not the business experience. It's not the coding experience. It's grit and moxie. How do you define those terms? Just people that just never give up. Just never give up. You have the core belief that everything is figure outable. There is no problem that doesn't have a solution. And that's who you are at your core. I honestly believe that when people set their minds to do something, you make it happen. And that's what makes people successful. I mean, yes, having experience would help. You probably would have make less mistakes. You probably would get there faster. But if you're willing to learn, willing to humble yourself, you have to humble yourself to be able to learn and then combine that with a can-do attitude and I will never, ever give up, then uh, you can be a super successful person. Which is, I can remember oftentimes when I was hiring, I would think to myself, I cannot teach attitude, but Mm -hmm. I can teach skill. So if I can get someone with that right attitude, which that's why when I saw grit and moxie, I'm like, oh, I just love those words (laughs) because they're so powerful. And also it's, they're very descriptive of of you. So um, I think those must have been chosen very carefully. (laughs) I also noticed that you don't have to have IT experience. And from someone who is not a coder, that would be a bit overwhelming to me. So do you not need IT experience to open up a code whiz? You don't really, because our our model, again, is um, primarily semi-absentee. 99% of our franchisees are semi-absentee. And so, yeah, so we want you to work on your business and not so much in ah. business. Yeah. So, you know, there are terms that you will have to learn um, about coding. There's um, different things that you, parents will ask. So we train them on all of that, but you'll never be the person teaching the kids how to code. We would hire for that. We would hire people who are skilled in that gotcha. um, to fill that role. So your job is to just spread the word in your community, you know, make a whole lot of noise and let everybody know that you're there. That's your job. Gotcha. You know, and I noticed you talked about training and I was reading your FDD, which is one of my favorite pastimes. I know it's odd, but true. (laughs) And one of the things that stuck out to me was that you, Ruth, are personally involved in the initial training. Yeah. So can you talk about your role in that training? Because that's a, I've never seen anything like that. And that was pretty exciting to me. Yeah, I think that it's very important as a founder to be able to, to be part of the initial training, because that's where I am able to disseminate the vision to the trainees. Like, this is where we're going. This is what we are trying to accomplish and these are some of the obstacles you fa- you will face. These are some of the obstacles that I have faced. And so when you're going through this journey, you know, first of all, know that you're not alone. People have been there, done that, and they overcame. And as a group, this is where we're headed to. I let the more detail-oriented people teach the actual operations of the business. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> so you're the inspiration and visionary. 
Yes, yes. The, I should not be the one teaching the operations. I would just be like, yeah, so this part, yeah, you just do one, two, three things. Are you good? Great. Awesome. Let's move on. And nobody oh God, I understand. Anything. But having you there really demonstrates your passion and belief in CodeWiz. And that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really certainly believe in being very hands-on, at least for now, while we're still young. It's, it's important at this emerging stage um, I think of us like a three-legged stool. One one leg breaks, it everybody gets destabilized. So we're we're still at that point. So it's important to hyper focus on this core OG group, if you will, and make sure that they're successful. And then they can then you know be part of the training and be part of spreading the vision. That's uh, that's kind of the way I see it. Ah, that's great. And so you've recently been acquired by another large franchise, Tutor Doctor. When you made that decision to be acquired, what was the thinking behind that? I knew that I was very good at CodeWiz. I knew that I was good at the core business. Franchising is a beast. It's a whole different animal. Not that it can't be conquered, but it's a whole different animal. And so I you know, the world we live in is also very fast paced. Code technology is very fast paced. And so the question then became, do you want to spend time figuring out franchising and having to learn all these things? Or do you want to just partner with somebody who has figured it out for the most part? And then you can really just focus on the core business and growing that and then growing franchises. But then when it comes to like operations support, just kind of take what people have already figured out and adapt it for, for CodeWiz. So that was my thinking. It's almost like, it's almost like franchising, really. Right. It's like a franchisor brand, right? And then you as an emerging franchisor, you're buying into that so you can, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Right. And, you know, we're seeing more and more of that. When people ask me about the future of franchising, what you're doing is learning from other established franchisors and being a part of that family, so to speak, that is an important trend that I think gives you a leg up and allows you to grow faster. Yep, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, and that's a, and that's a great franchise as well. They, they really are. So if somebody said to you, I want to franchise my business, what would be your advice to them to get started? So, <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because so many things are going through my head. <laughs> Um, so when I started, to, I, I don't think that I really fully appreciated the scope of franchising. I, I always thought it was, you know, get your FDDs done, get manuals done, and great, you're all set. But it's a whole lot more than that. It's a whole lot more. So I would encourage people to, first of all, do their research just to understand what it takes to be a successful franchisor. If it's for you, you will not be deterred by what you find, but then at least you would be informed mm-hmm. and you will not be, you know, coming across surprises um, as you go along. My first FDD was written by someone on Upwork. That's like, yeah, that's a, it was a disaster waiting to happen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, it was a whole can-do attitude, re- try to be resourceful. Why should I spend 10 grand on a lawyer when somebody oh can gosh. do it for two grand and upwork? I just, <laughs> um, so I'm, I am forever grateful for the Next Gen program. Mm-hmm. As I was going to Next Gen and meeting other people, I'm like, whoa, this is a much bigger deal than I thought it was. And so in retrospect, I would have loved to do a lot more research just to understand 
what it takes and also the financials of it. It's a, it's very expensive. We never believe it until we get in there. Um, it is expensive. And then I think the last thing, just from an emotional perspective, which is important, is you have to understand that you, you will no longer be in the business that you founded, really. Gotcha. You, are, you are now in the people business. You are encouraging people, coaching people, recruiting people, managing people. And, you know, you're, you cannot do both. You cannot be the manager of your business and a franchisor. You have to remove yourself from the original business, which can be very hard. I struggled with that. It can be because it's your love. It's your baby. Yeah. And so that is, that is very tough. It's, it's like when people say in the restaurant business, go from running one restaurant to having five to six, it's very hard to, yeah. to make that transition. Well, you have done that very well. And, you know, one of the things that we teach in our curriculum is those franchise attorneys are very important and accountants that understand franchising are very important. And while it costs up front, it saves you a ton in the long yeah. run. So, so it's worth 100%. it. percent. Don't ever look for a deal. Yes. <laughs> Not a deal. yes, it's like, I wouldn't look for a deal on a dentist or eye surgery. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the same. Yeah, it's kind of the same. So, you know, one of the things as we start to wind down is I'm so impressed by how much you give back. And that probably comes from how you grew up and how you really do appreciate and want to give back. And so you provide free classes and scholarships. Can you give us a few details on those efforts? Yeah, it's, man, since we since we opened, you know, you would see a whole a number of kids come in and they want to do it. But, you know, it, it's expensive because we're, we're real estate, the staffing, it's all, it's all expensive. Right. And so it's always heartbreaking to see kids want to do it and just can't afford it. And you're right, you know, the background that I came from, I knew that a lot of things were, I couldn't afford like I knew that I could never come to the U.S. if I didn't get a scholarship. And so it it is part and parcel of our mission and vision to be able to reach back and make sure that these people are also brought along for the ride. So we're actually making it even more formal and hopefully within the year or early next year, we would have formed our nonprofit. Oh. So yeah, so we can actually, you know, right now what happens is people just come to franchisees locations and then the franchisee decides whether they wanna give them a scholarship or not, but we can make it more formalized. There's a lot of tech companies that are willing to give. Um, there's a lot of individuals that are willing to give. And just a little bit can help change the trajectory of a child's life. Oh, I think that's wonderful because you're right. So many people maybe couldn't afford it, but it could change their lives. Speaking of having a life change. So when you think about when you were a young child in Nigeria, and I know your parents had PhDs, but you also talked about how life was tough there to where you are now. What are you most proud of? Oh, I think... Honestly, family is very important to me. Uh -huh. And I think that, you know, taking that baby step of learning how to code and reaching out and getting help opened the door, not just for me to come here, but my three sisters came here as well. And my we finally brought my parents over last year. I think that's what I'm most proud of is that, you know, I worked hard not just to change my life, but it's also changed my entire family's life and their generations after that, because they're going to have kids here and 
they're going to be settled here and they're going to be be happy here. And my parents also don't have to, you know, they, they really worked really hard for us growing up and they get to come here and enjoy the fruits of their labor as well. You know, that's so wonderful because we always talk about franchising does create generational wealth and you are a living example of that. So that is fantastic. So my last question for you is when you first started franchising, you've talked a little bit about this, but is there one thing you wish you had known when you first started that you know today? It's very expensive. (laughs) (laughs) It's very expensive. And so that's one, uh, well, I mean, you asked me for one thing, um, but I think the other thing is that people, your, your franchisees are actually relying on you mm-hmm. for, for direction. There's always the assumption, and I see this often with um, new franchisors, the assumption that, you know, they come in, I give them the manual, they'll know what to do. That's hardly ever the case. They, they need you. Um, to be able to help them be successful. So don't make the assumption that they're like you. They will know intuitively what to do. This is your baby, not theirs. So um, the guidance that you need to provide to your first set of franchises is very critical in helping them be successful. Yeah, oh, that's that's wonderful. Ruth, I feel like I could talk to you forever. You yeah. are definitely a success story. Thank, Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Franchise You is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise You.